The Holy Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of our Lord. Christ is risen. Do you believe it? Seeing is believing. And sometimes you might need a little help with some glasses. I don't know how many of you recognize these or, or perhaps you used these uh, last summer when there was the solar eclipse and you could see through these glasses the, uh, the solar eclipse without having any, any difficulty. I don't know if you were uh, a part of that group that went down to um, the path of totality and uh, got to really experience that, um, that eclipse. Um, I know for me, I was sort of, sort of late to catch up that we were actually um, having a solar eclipse. So when I happened to overhear it from a friend who was going down to the path of totality, I thought, hmm, well, maybe, maybe I ought to get some glasses. And so I ordered my glasses on Amazon, and they came with a book. And the book said, where will you be for the greatest phenomena of your lifetime? 
Do not be left in the dark wondering what just happened. Be prepared for one of the greatest events of the century. This could be the only total solar eclipse you will ever witness. And so uh, I bought the glasses, and even though I was a little uh, skeptical about, you know, the, the whole going down to the path of totality, um, we were on our way actually down to uh, pick up my grandson and daughter in um, Reno at the time. And so we picked them up and went to a park close by and put on the glasses, and there were other people around just sort of um, playing in the park, and I began to give out the extra glasses, and pretty soon we were all looking up at the sky and watching uh, what was left of the eclipse and saw, saw a little bit of that happening. To be honest, it was a little disappointing. It didn't even seem to get very dark. But my friends, who were in the path of totality, said it was amazing, even life-changing. Well, I guess you had to be there. I wonder if Thomas was feeling like that when his friends, all the other disciples, told him that they had seen Jesus. He was alive, risen from the dead. He appeared to them in the upper room where they were all gathered behind locked doors. He just appeared. He showed him his hands inside. It was really him. Thomas must have shook his head in disbelief, skeptical. No way, it couldn't be. I don't believe you guys. Unless I see this for myself, his hands and touch the wound in his side, I won't believe it. For whatever reason, Thomas had missed out. He wasn't in the room when it happened. I wonder if he wished he had been there, if he had some FOMO, fear of missing out. We do not know what Thomas was, what, what Thomas, um, we do know that Thomas was there the next week. He would not be left out. When Jesus appeared again with that same greeting, peace be with you. And then he spoke directly to Thomas and invited him not only to see him, but to touch his wounds, put his finger where the nail prints were in his hands, and put his hand in his side. But Thomas didn't need to. At that point, he simply proclaims, my Lord and my God. Notice that he is the only disciple who, when he sees Jesus, responds with a confession of faith. My Lord and my God. I love the song that was sung earlier about doubt being a part of believing. And we see here in Thomas that he moves from doubt, skepticism, to faith, and then to confession. We do get this story every Sunday after Easter, and I've probably heard a few sermons about doubting Thomas. But I don't think that's really fair. I think Thomas gets a bad rap. When you read the story in John, really none of the disciples believed Mary's testimony when she said, I have seen the Lord. 
It wasn't until they saw the risen Christ for themselves that they believed. And all of the disciples were given the opportunity to see Jesus and to touch his hands and side. Thomas only asked for the same. Thomas could just as well be called believing Thomas, confessing Thomas. Notice, too, that Jesus does not berate Thomas. Instead, he invites him to let go of doubt, to see for himself and believe. Caroline Lewis, in her preaching blog, puts it this way. She says, The resurrection is among us, whether we see it or not. The resurrection is all around us, whether we recognize it or not. The resurrection is in the midst of us, whether we are able to point to it or not. But when we are obsessed with confirmation of certainty or adequate corroboration for that which should be believed, we miss the truth entirely. The truth that never was something to believe, be believed, but someone that makes believing possible. Someone who redefines believing as relationship. Someone who recreates community in and by relationship. Someone who reimagines our lives as nothing other than a relationship with God. Someone who was raised from the dead so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Let that soak in for a moment. When Jesus says to the frightened and bewildered disciples at his first greeting, peace be with you, he opens the way for peace. And when he invites them to see his hands and his side, he is inviting them into more than just belief in the resurrection, but into a relationship with the resurrected Christ. A relationship based on love, and forgiveness. Jesus, surprisingly, does not bring up the disciples' behavior in the end, how Peter denied him, and the rest fled the scene when he was arrested. He doesn't mention the way they had fallen short as disciples. And he comes not with wrath and revenge on those who put him to death. No, no. He comes, and the first thing out of his mouth is peace be with you. And this is how we know it is Jesus. That despite the painful way he was treated, the real scars he bore from dying on the cross, he offers peace. He offers forgiveness. He offers them himself. Not just to believe in the resurrection, but to have a relationship with him. They are given another chance to be his followers. And he commissions them and says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. So I wonder, why does this passage come up each year, year after year, the Sunday after Easter? Well, I don't know about you, but I think that I need the reminder that Jesus doesn't give up on me. 
that I'm given another chance and another and another. And that it's okay to have doubts and not to be afraid of doubts because doubts can be a part of believing, can be fruitful and lead us to investigate like my solar eclipse skepticism led me to buy glasses and check out this thing that everyone was talking about, and even to become an eclipse evangelist and pass out glasses to others so that they could also see this event and experience it. You know, that sounds a lot like the journey of faith to me. Perhaps we all can relate to having doubts, to experience times in our lives when we find it difficult to hold on to faith, when the world seems to tell us a different story and our own problems and, and struggles, when we wonder where God is in the midst of difficulty and pain, it is those moments when the sun, the S-O-N, seems to be eclipsed by darkness, in those moments that Jesus holds on to us and he says, see my hands. Come put your hand in my side and see where the nails were in my hands. Know that I am here with you. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Those are words for John's community who were struggling with what it meant to follow Christ when they were facing persecution. But those words are also meant for us. We may not see Christ in the way that the disciples and later Thomas and then over 500 people witnessed the resurrected Christ. We may not see Christ in a physical sense, but there are ways that we can see the risen Christ today. In this community of faith, as we care for one another in love and forgiveness, experienced here at the altar, we see the risen Christ. Where do you experience the risen Christ in your life? There is an old praise chorus that is sung like a prayer, and it says, Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus, to reach out and touch him. And I want to invite us for a moment to see the risen Christ in this place, to see the resurrected Christ here with open eyes today. I see the risen Christ active and living in you, in the community of faith gathered here today. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing just to look at the person next to you or behind you and just say, I see Christ in you. Would you be willing to do that? I see Christ in you. Christ is here. He is present with us today. One of the ways that, that I see the risen Christ also active and living is through the saints that I get to visit here at St. Mark's who share with me how their faith sustains them. And when we share Holy Communion, it is especially meaningful 
for them. When I say the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you, often I see tears in their eyes because it means so much. They are experiencing the risen Christ. When two or three are gathered in my name, we see the risen Christ. We also are sent out to share the risen Christ, so that others may see the risen Christ. And today, I want to thank you on behalf of the other organization that I work for, Lutheran Community Services Northwest, and thank you for your partnership in sharing that good news with many vulnerable people in our world today, and especially the way that you are responding once again to helping a refugee family be resettled. I see Christ in their stories and in the way that we partner with them. When we have difficulty seeing Christ because of life's trials and burdens that might eclipse and block our sight, perhaps the loss of a loved one or a life-threatening diagnosis or a relationship gone awry or the many tragedies that we hear about every day that threaten to overwhelm us. It is then that we need this story and that we need each other, the community of faith. And we need to hear those words of Jesus, peace be with you. It's something that we all need more of, to hear those words. It's something that the world needs more of and needs to hear those words. For some, seeing the solar eclipse was a life-changing experience for them. Well, I don't know about that, but I do know that seeing the risen Christ, experiencing Christ, is a life-changing experience. And I don't know how you came here today, what doubts, fears, or challenges you may have come here with, but I hope that you leave here sensing Christ's presence, sensing Christ's peace with you. You know, we don't even need special glasses to see Jesus, but simply an open heart. Today, he comes to us in this place through our brothers and sisters sitting around us, through the words spoken and songs sung, and through sharing in his holy supper, where we believe that Christ is present through bread and wine, Jesus says to us today, look, here is my body broken for you. Here is my blood shed for you. I am here. Receive the forgiveness and peace that I have to offer. And then having received May we in turn be the hands and feet of Christ, spreading his love, forgiveness, and peace for the sake of the world. Amen.